Okay, sound check part two. I'm not for food in my mouth. I have a whole bagel in my mouth. This is me talking with a bagel in my mouth. <laughs> I had started it when we started to sing, but I still got the best fucking part of the sing. <laughs> oh, no, you see, you're staying in here. <laughs> All I was gonna say on the on the topic of Matt Damon, mm-hmm. that hot little bitch. Um, he's very old now, and I, he's still just as hot as the day he Matt became Damon? hot. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I watched Euro Trip yesterday. Actually, I watched it over the course of like three days. As you know, I watch all my movies because I don't have a lot of free time. So, have you seen Euro Trip? No. Okay, so it's a 2004 movie, and for no fucking reason. Well, I googled it, and I know the reason. In the beginning <laughs> of the song, they have in the beginning of the movie, they have this punk rock band singing the song called "Scotty Doesn't Know." And it's in reference to the main character whose name is Scotty. And he's singing about Scotty's girlfriend who he's been cheating. She's been cheating on Scotty. And she had just broken up with him that day. But she's been cheating on him for apparently a year. And they've been together for like a few years with this punk rock guy who's got a shaved head. He has a big tattoo. He's a bunch of earrings. And it's fucking Matt Damon for no reason. (laughs) Okay. It's Matt Damon. And then he doesn't appear again in the movie. He sings the song. He's like... I want to send this out to the freakiest little sex kitten I know. And Fiona runs. He's like, Fiona. And she runs <laughs> on the stage. They make out. And then he starts singing Scotty Doesn't Know. And it's fucking so Matt Damon. <laughs> but I've seen the movie before. But uh-huh. when I was much younger. So then I was like, <gasps> which also rewatching these movies from when I was younger has not broken bad any of these times. It's all great. <laughs> I watched Warm Bodies again the other day, and I think about it daily since then. It's such a fucking good movie. Anyways, um, and that's on Shakespeare. Anyways, yeah, Matt Damon was in that movie for literally one fucking scene. Have you heard that song? It's a really good song. No. It was my ringtone for a little while. I feel like I know what you're talking about, but not for sure. Oh, wait, this is Matt. I forgot that I made him my fucking screen. That's Matt Damon in the movie. (laughs) Literally, his nails are painted. He's got a bunch of piercings, big ass tattoo. Scotty doesn't know the Fiona and me. Doing it my van every Sunday. It's just such a good fucking song. The whole song is very sexual, just like this smell that's in the room with us. This very sexy smell. Anyways, it's just so fucking. It's such a good song. There are a lot of parts of the movie that are not fucking good, but Matt Damon is in the beginning, and he is incredibly hot. And I watched The Martian recently, so you know I'm on his shit. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. I tried to you know model my whole life after fucking Mark Watney or whatever his name was from the The Martian. Now that I've seen it, so you know some of these movies just sit with me, and I fucking love it. Uh. To be clear, your trip does not. I just love how hot Matt Damon is. <laughs> That's my whole point. <laughs> okay. He's quite hot. Quite quite hot. Um, anyways, we should start the show, I think. Welcome back to Gumshoe Weekly. The epicenter for murder, mystery, mayhem, 
murder, mystery, Mark Watney, the end. <laughs> and Matt Damon. And Matt Damon. <laughs> Podcast over. <laughs> All right. Good night. This was great. Good night. Unless it's the morning. Good morning. Well, her, her name is Brianna. Oh, yeah. Hi. My name is Brianna. And now you say what my name is. And her name is Juice. Juice! I got the juice. Thirsty, thirsty. <laughs> I got the juice. I got the juice. Juice! Juice! Okay. Anyways. Great audio. Chance the Rapper. <laughs> there has been so much singing already. We've done three songs so far. Do you have a question? No, I pulled up the website and then got distracted by my thoughts about Matt Damon. <laughs> that fucking Matt Damon. Uh, oh, okay, I have one. What's your favorite board game? We've done this one before. Fuck, have we? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, we need to find a new list. Have we done this one? If you could have any exotic animal as a pet, which would yes. it be? I think Fuck. we did this one last week. <laughs> did we ever do, like, what's your favorite weird smell? I think so. we did a smell one, so yeah. Too. You know what my favorite weird smell is? The sexy incense. <laughs> yeah, like right in your mouth, like the incense tries to have sex with your mouth. It's almost like it just wants to fuck. Yeah, it's the most powerful incense yet. <laughs> did we ever do weird food combinations? What weird food combination do you really enjoy? I don't think I eat anything that's a weird food combination. I like trying, like, weird things. Not, like, uh, it's probably not weird, but I really like Cheetos with Hershey bars. That's not really weird. Shut the fuck up. Together? Yeah. Cheetos and Hershey bars? Yeah. And you just said that wasn't weird. It's not weird. I need you to explain why isn't it weird. It's, like, salty and sweet. (laughs) It's not. It's cheese and chocolate. (laughs) It's really good. You eat them in the same mouth? <laughs> no, I put my one mouth on and I switch mouths. <laughs> Together, you put them in there. <laughs> yes, it's really good. Every you have to try it. every day you sin against God. <laughs> every day you say something more dehumanizing. <laughs> I am going to take you to church. <laughs> this uh... is a crime, a criminal crime. This is a good question. Okay. (laughs) When you are old, what do you think children will ask you to tell stories about? Oh. Grandpa. Or grandma. Grandpa. I don't know your life. I don't know your business. (laughs) 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 Tell me about 2020. Huh. I'll be like, it was the worst year of my life. And not even for the reasons it was the worst (laughs) year of everyone else's life. (laughs) Anyways, do you have an answer for that one? I don't even remember what the fuck I asked you. (laughs) You asked me if my children, my grandchildren, first of all, that would never happen. So second of all, those kids don't exist, so I assume you mean the ghosts that I've familiarized myself with. But it was, what do you think your grandchildren will ask you to tell them stories about? They'll be like, tell me about that thick ass, Grandma. How'd you get that? How'd you get those sweet ass moves? (laughs) No, because I feel like they wouldn't. Time in the textbook. <laughs> I feel like if you were in a war, they wouldn't be like, "Tell me about the war." They'd be like, "Tell me, tell me about that alien zipper." <laughs> <laughs> I gotta ask. They'd be like, 
why does why does Grandpa Alonzo have so many freckles? <laughs> and you'll go, every day he stole one from a child. Yeah, those are for all the kids he killed. <laughs> <laughs> Each freckle. A more tragic story. The bigger the freckle, the fatter the child. <laughs> Something real fucking morbid like that. And he has like only four big freckles and you're like, he likes some bony. <laughs> You used to have a sister. <laughs> These Those are for are all fresh. the other grandkids. <laughs> there was more of you guys. Okay, I have a question. What animal do you think would be cutest if scaled down to the size of a cat? We've asked that. Did we? And I'm going to say a cockroach. That's... By scaled down, I mean scaled up. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> I would love a huge cockroach. Oh, a big old cockroach. Are we at 10 minutes yet? We are very beyond it, but you keep asking oh questions. So I have been letting it happen. Well, now you guys have witnessed our uh, question process. Let's Here's our question on. process. We'll just keep throwing them out there. Okay, okay. so should we do the thing? Um, did, also, did I ever tell you about that post that I saw? But it was, I think I did because I saw it for the second time today. And it was rock, paper, scissors. But if you put up the same thing, you have to kiss. <laughs> yes, you've said this. Okay, to me. great. Well, it's we're not doing that. <laughs> you guys know that that's that's what we do, though. Those are all those cuts out cutouts. Yeah, <laughs> when it sounds like we're laughing a lot, it's because we're so uncomfortable that we had to kiss so many times, <laughs> and we try to tell each other to throw the punch, and then they still are like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." No, I won't do scissors, and they're like, "Scissors." <laughs> ah, okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Paper. Scissor. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot, scissor. Rock. rock, paper, scissors, shoot, rock. Paper. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. I thought I was going to play your mind. No, I played yours. I was going to do scissors. <laughs> fuck. I would have won. <laughs> Shit. Okay. I win. I win. All right. I won first last time. You go. You go first. Fuck. Okay, so. Is yours, like, really dark? No. It's just a mystery. Is yours always really dark? Yes. Usually, yes. Is it, is it today? this time? No. Wow, I'm shocked. Me too. Uh, <laughs> me too. As <laughs> if you well. weren't the one who wrote I it. I didn't write it. <laughs> I picked it up off a homeless man. Uh, Alonzo's <laughs> been writing all my stories. He just doesn't want to be on a podcast so bad. Exactly. Wait, we didn't eat these weird Pop-Tarts. Oh. Let's just do it real quick. <laughs> Let's take a big honking bite out of it. Oh, no. Wine fell on my story. And- you know oh, what kind no. of podcast we should start? Look at this. A snack podcast. A snack cast? A snack cast? We already have a name for it. We already we just buy weird snacks and we try them and we review them for people. Yes. We're going to try uh, Pop-Tart pretzels. They're pretzel Pop-Tarts. Pretzel Pop-Tarts. They're chocolate inside. It looks weird. It smells like caramel. It does. But it's chocolate. It has like a weird texture to I it. laid it on my tongue and it was salty. <laughs> <laughs> and then I took That's it out. That's what you say when... Forget it. Okay. <laughs> Stop. You're gross and you're a criminal. It does smell a lot like coffee. All right, you ready? Coffee? I said caramel. Well, you said, yeah. But the point is that I bit deep. I'm almost at the middle and there's like nothing. I don't taste the salty part. I don't taste the pretzel. Me neither. It's just like a dry, drier Pop-Tart. And I already don't like dry Pop-Tarts. You know, when I buy discounted Pop-Tarts, which is sometimes, I will rip off the ends of it because I just don't want to deal with how dry it is. No. I saw a tweet one time that was like 
why don't they ice the entire Pop-Tart? They have the technology. That's <laughs> a fact. I want toaster strudels right now, and I don't even like those. Oh, I love toaster strudels. I don't like them. I eat two in a box, and I let the box freeze to death in my fridge. <laughs> I don't taste the pretzel part at all. The only thing that it tastes is, like, instead of it being, like, a pastry, it's very, like, thin and it's it's substantial. (laughs) Like a crepe of Pop-Tarts. Mmm. Yeah. The verdict is in. I'm not mad about it. I do wish there was more of the inside stuff. Yeah. They should do a double stuffed Pop-Tart. My word. Oh, my God. (laughs) How do we sell this idea? (laughs) I'm just going to suggest it on a podcast and hope that they stumble on our podcast and then do it, because I would like to eat it, and I would eat it. And I would also like the lessons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was fun. All right, I will begin now. Um, I hope you guys are ready to get, I hope you guys are ready to get Miss Marpled up in this bitch, because this is our <laughs> mysterious mystery episode. That was good. That For was mysterious good mysteries. Okay, so. So. Okay, so you guys are actually getting a bonus because mm. I did two minis and a and a, sh- a two shorties. I did two shorties and then a long, <laughs> a longie, a medium me, an averagey. <laughs> Focus on the shorties. I did two it's shorties. A grower, not a shower. Oh. <laughs> 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 okay, so. So, September 1944, Illinois. Illinois. It's right during the war. People were starting to awake. Okay, so the citizens of this town, it's kind of small, it's only 18,000 people. 1944, in the middle of the war, they start to awake in the middle of the night, smelling something strangely sweet. So then, most of them are overcome with nausea, and some of them become paralyzed for an hour after smelling it mostly in their legs but sometimes it was their whole bodies uh and then some people even saw the figure of a man running from their yards what the fuck yes like they would like smell the weird smell wake up look around and they would see a man like sprinting out of their yards so they all started to the um Daily Eleni started to pick up the stories of it and publish it. So then everyone in the town is terrified because they think that a man is pumping gas in through their open windows. And he's gassing them. Which is then okay. making them nauseous and then paralyzed. Nobody knows why. Nobody knows the motivation. Is it a person? Is it multiple people? But they start calling him the mad gasser of Mattoon. <laughs> The phantom, the phantom anesthesiast and the anesthetic prowler. Mostly they call him the mad gasser, though. The mad gasser. Mm-hmm. So by September 12th, 1944, 33 people have smelled gas within the 12 days that this has occurred. Because it started in September 1st. The Mattoon police uh, investigate all that they can. And... There's, like, public uproar when the Mattoon police chief, C.E. Cole, announced that he makes a public statement. Uh, he says that there is no man sneaking around. There's, he thinks that it's wind shifting at night, which is causing gas from local war plants to pass through their open windows. As the shape of a man running. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
<laughs> to do this spell. Uh, what is, okay, so I'm guessing he has an explanation for the man. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so the police, the police believe that a few of the attacks were results of hysteria. At least a few. They re- believe that most of it was mass hysteria. People imagining that it's happening essentially. Um, and then they attributed the man running out of their yard to being people in town. Um, nope, sorry. The hysteria was caused by people, the publications of it, then people in town being terrified that their house would be the next target. So they're running out of their own house. <laughs> so the running man, they said, they think was bystanders that decided to investigate the homes when they would hear they would hear the ruckus inside. When they heard the gas opening the window. Okay. When they heard the panic <laughs> of people like screaming, I'm nauseous. Actually, this is in Illinois. I'm awake. I'm a witch. <laughs> Wait, did you ever see that kid on TikTok who does the witch videos? <laughs> I, don't think I think so. I've said it to you before, and he'll be like, "Oh, how do you do? Uh, this is my new book." And then she reads the title, and he goes, "Who the fuck taught you how to read?" <laughs> witch, witch. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> Who the fuck taught you how to read? Oh my god, that's so funny. So they have this. Really big, mysterious gassing that everyone is so panicked about for uh-huh. 12 days in September. And the police go, you're imagining it. <laughs> like, that's the solution. So it's closed. It's solved. That's what they think happened. Very on brand. <laughs> <laughs> so another case of a similar case would be France, July of 1518. Mrs. Trophia finds herself in the street dancing uncontrollably. <laughs> Okay. She wanted to stop, but she was consumed by it, and she had no will over it. She just continued to dance, could not stop. You know what it was? Huh? A sensual. What? A sensual incense. It was a sensual. That's the thing. You can't be lighting a sexy incense. Yeah. Because then you're going to have to dance in the street about it. So within a week, 30 more people were also in the street dancing with her. <laughs> she never went home? Across the town. Yes. She's continued out there dancing. She couldn't stop. No one could stop. Nobody's... Okay. I just so, need to hear that. This, this next part was very confusing to me because mm-hmm. soon it's up to 400 people out there dancing. Just in the street dancing. And they said that it was when city leaders brought in musicians to play for them. Why would you do that? Let's just if bring this party If you know these party people have no control, why would you encourage it? Like, they weren't going inside. They weren't stopping dancing. They just continuously danced and couldn't stop. So, it started in July. The phenomenon ends in September. And well, by yeah. that time, many people died from the dancing. That's not funny, but it's kind of funny. It's... Insane. So that was another case of mass hysteria. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, those two aren't linked? Mm-mm. Oh. <laughs> no, they're okay. completely different. Is your mystery what the fuck is mass hysteria? <laughs> no. What the fuck? It's obvious to me what it is. Oh, the moon looks really good. I just keep staring it in the eye. It's crack. The moon is a lesbian. So. <laughs> okay. Now for my not short story. Okay. My non-shoddy. So. <clears throat> We're going to start with the history of the Hackler House. The Hackler House. A home that would know only misfortune. 
So following the tail end of the Civil War, Marshall Ketchum built a two-story frame house in the 1840s. Um, in 1852, he marries his wife, Margaret Sedgerwood. And together, they have at least two children. In 1860, only two are reported on the census, but it's believed that they had more. Okay. So we don't know uh, how many they had, but... In the 1880s, the home takes a heavy hit and five members of the family die of a burning fever, believed to be typhus. Mm. In 1899, Marshall died of general debility and Margaret's death was never reported. So then the house was sold to a sketchy man by the name of Andrew J. Wilk or Wilkie. He was a spiritualist and his wife, who was not named. She doesn't get a name. She was a woman. So he was an 1800s cult leader. Hmm. Different kind of spiritualist. So while living there, one of his sons was killed while hunting. It was like a freak accident. Yeah. The whole family was struck by this loss, but Wilk in particular, he grieved him for years and then buried him near the house with a glass window at the head of the coffin so you could see his face. The sun. Decomposing. Yeah. Well, he was buried, too, so it's like, I guess you unbury him every time you want to look at him. Oh, I see. So he maintained that he could see and speak to his son up until his death, because he was a spiritualist in that way. Mm. He was a ghost talker. He was medium. He was without a trace. He was ghost whisperer. He was uh, Sixth Sense. (laughs) Bruce Willis. Girl, I said ghost whisperer already. Who the fuck are you? (laughs) He was Ghost Whisperer. He was medium. He was Ghost Whisperer. It's true. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yes. I'm reiterating your sentence. Making it more powerful. Mm-hmm. And it's also rumored that after his death, his wife moved the coffin to a local cemetery. She was like, I don't want to fucking look at this dude. He's dead. Well, it was her son, but I think she was like, this isn't... This isn't chill. This isn't chill. So, around 1930, William and Minnie Hackler, ooh, my handwriting's bad, Hackler took over the house, starting a farm with their five children, William Jr., Dorothy, Garland, Dale, and Virginia. Garland was one of their names. I don't know if you heard that part. I did. Garland. I think I'm catching on. Garland. So, it's, it's a seasonal episode. Garland. So, one innocuous day in June would put a black mark on their 10-year residence there. 8 a.m., William had... Whoa, whoa, whoa. 8 a.m., William was starting his chores when one of the family members smelled smoke. Shit. Smoke. Stoke. Stoke. They dispersed to find it, and Dorothy found a strip of wallpaper on fire under a window in an upstairs bedroom. Like, like if I had wallpaper, just like a strip of it under the window. So they phoned the fire department of Odin, who came and after putting it out, attributed it to a faulty hidden chimney behind the wall. Oh. So to, I guess that was common. So to investigate, they ripped out the plaster um, in order to locate the chimney. Behind the wall, there was not only no chimney, there was also no fire damage. Even though they watched the wall be on fire. They also found no fire in the stove, which would then go up into the um, secret 
chimney. How bizarre. But how bizarre. But the, again, the stove wasn't on. It was also warm, so they didn't need the stove on. So the house had never been wired for electricity either. And not knowing the origin, but having exhausted all investigation tactics, they had investigation tactics they had, they returned to Odin. On their return, they receive a call back to the Hackler house. Minnie found a fire smoldering inside of a mattress. What the fuck? I just caught a whiff of the sexy incense. Not not a good time. We're talking about <laughs> fires in a mattress. <laughs> Um, I don't know if your family was insane and had a rule where you were never allowed to have candles in the house, but this is, like, what this reminds me of. We were not allowed to have candles. No, I got my love of incense from my mother. Love it. I... And candles. Could not light a candle. Was not allowed to. So, they come back and extinguish the fire, and as soon as it's gone, they have a simultaneous breakout across the house. Some coveralls are hanging behind a door get... are on fire... The inner pages of a closed book are on fire. And this was something that one of the fire fighters found because he said he could smell smoke. And he looked at a nearby book and when he opened it, the pages were on fire. What in the witchcraft? Yes. So the opposite side of the house, which appeared to originate... The the opposite side of the house also was on fire. And it again appeared to originate inside the wall. So trying to tear out the plaster, they found nothing and no other fire damage again. Within three hours, nine fires in total start and are finished. At one point, two neighbor women come to assist, and as they stood in the living room, the curtains set aflame as they were standing there looking at them. The shades and the wall went untouched and untarnished. So, um, untarnished, period. Quickly, quickly following that, the same fire restarts across the room on the opposite curtains. So every time they put out one fire, another one starts. Yes, or a bunch of them are started. But essentially, yes. Well, because they hadn't even put out that curtain one, I don't think, and then the other one started. But it was the same way. The, the shades and the wall were undamaged. Um, a bedspread ignite a bedspread ignited and reduced to ashes within seconds as other neighbors watched. Over 100 volunteer firefighters from Odin and Elnora worked to extinguish 28 fires between 8 a.m. and 11 p.m. Oh my God. Yes. So they move the surviving beds onto the lawn and they try to set up camp there because they just didn't want to be in the firehouse, even though some of the beds had been lit on fire. But the beds go up in flames? No, not that night. Um. After 11 p.m., the fire stopped. His solution to this is in July. He starts to disassemble the house board by board. And then he reconstructed it a mile away. <laughs> and then in 1964, um, they had no other fires in that house. The only other fire incident they had were in 1964 when his second wife, Clara... Um, they were in a house in Bedford and there was like a fire in the like chimney area. Um, that was when I gasped earlier because it said second wife Clara and I was like, how could he leave Minnie? And that was what I was upset about (laughs) was because I felt like him and Minnie had such a checkered past with the fires and all. 
yeah, that didn't bomb them. Forever. And also, they had five fucking kids, so where did their kids go? No other information was given. Didn't a bunch of them die? No, no one died in the fire. That was two families ago. Oh, yeah. This family didn't have any deaths. They only had a bunch of fires. 28 <laughs> of them. Not a lot of kids, but a lot of fires for sure. So, there are a lot of theories. Um, in the beginning, the fire department thought that it was one of the family members, like, doing a prank or something. But then, as they stayed there all day long, they watched the fires start out of nothing. And then, it was exactly like spontaneous combustion in people. In which the only thing that's consumed in flames is the person. Mm -hmm. Nothing near it or touching it is on fire. So, there were no overhead power lines that could have started the fire. The Some people theorize that the lightning rods became charged and they started heating the nails in the structure. That doesn't explain half of the fire. Inside the book, though? (laughs) Yeah, inside a book, inside a mattress, like the nails in the mattress. Uh, some people believe that there was a powerful magnetic field that, that the house was on that triggered the fires. Um, there was also someone saying that it could have been an unused well that was letting out gases that caused the fire. And then some people just straight up said it was the devil. (laughs) Witchcraft. (laughs) You a witch! Witch! Burn the witch! (laughs) Um... And to this day, no one knows why the fucking fires happened. It was 28. However, there was one thing that uh, this website I used point pointed out. Mm-hmm. And the five people died from a burning fever. So they think that maybe it was like ghosts. The yeah. overall theory is that it was ghosts starting the fire. Like poltergeists. Was just fucking with them? Well, I don't know if fucking with them is... I don't know what their motivation was. But that's what they think it was. Mm-hmm. So I think the overall thing is that poltergeists don't have like... They're not, like, sentient, right? They're, like, sentient, but they're, like, confused. Isn't that the thing with poltergeists? They're just angry spirits, but they aren't people anymore. So, like, they could just start a bunch of fires and then... But, yeah, they have more... They're not, like, ghosts. They have, like, they can move things and... They're, yeah. like, they... I guess more energy? Yeah. Maybe? But, like, ghosts are people and poltergeists are just, like... Yeah, I think ghosts have an understanding of who they are. Yeah. And as I think far poltergeists as are, like, monsters, basically. Yeah. So that was the only thing... Like, demon kind of thing. ...that I saw that was, like, related to it was a burning fever. Hmm. So I got all my information from the Illinois Library, Wikipedia, Reader's Digest, and Medium.com. Interesting. And that's all three of my stories. I thought they were going to be connected at some point. (laughs) No. No. I don't know why you thought that. That's your bad. That's your bad for thinking that. Um, mm-hmm. my bad. It is your bad. <laughs> I'll never forgive you. Mm-hmm. Okay. You ready? Yep. It feels like something is in here. Like, it, this is oh, clogged. Oh, you should do that. Um, what is that thing? I will never Yeti pop myself. Yeti top? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a Netty pot. <laughs> Yeti pot? <laughs> what is it called? Netty pot. I said yeti pop. <laughs> yeah. Yeti pop. <laughs> I will never yeti pop myself. Oh, Brianna. That sounds like something dirty. <laughs> I will not yeti pop myself. I don't care how fucking thick that yeti is. <laughs> Alrighty. So there's a region in the western part 
of the North Atlantic Ocean. Okay. Between Miami, Bermuda, and Puerto Rico. It is super heavily traveled um, by ships and planes and all that good stuff. And it's probably one of the most traveled shipping lanes in the world. This specific area covers about 500,000 square miles of ocean off the southern eastern tip of Florida. It is still undecided um, its exact perimeters. Okay. This section has been speculated about for years and years, and it's said to be cause the cause of nearly 50 ships and 20 planes and probably thousands of lives either disappearing or being abandoned dating back to the mid-19th century. This area is referred to as the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> That's where Uncle Fester went missing, too. It is. Fester. Um, So the term Bermuda Triangle was coined in 1964 by writer Vincent Gaddis in the men's pulp magazine Argosy, which is a work of fiction. That's what a lot of people don't understand. It is fiction, and they're like, fact! (laughs) Fact! Um, So people clearly took it seriously. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people have a lot of different theories from paranormal and supernatural. Uh, A lot of theories also include good old science. So... Today we're going to talk about some of those notable incidents. Okay. So, discumbered, discumbered. Discumbered? <laughs> Sounds like you made December and November the same month. Discumbered. <laughs> I meant to say, discovered in December. <laughs> discumbered. Discumbered. discumbered in September. <laughs> what is wrong with me? All right. Discovered on December 4th, 1872, with sails still flapping in the non-existent wind, everything right in place except for the entire crew, a ship called the Mary Celeste was found, stranded on the sea, days after it started its journey from New York to Genoa, Italy? There was seven crew members along with Captain Benjamin Briggs, his wife, and their two-year-old daughter aboard, which was loaded, um, aboard the ship, which was loaded with raw alcohol. Um, but days after, when a passing British ship called De Gradia found Mary Celeste under partial sail in, Adla- in the Atlantic off the Azores Islands, the ship was unmanned with no crew aboard and the lifeboat was also missing. The ship looked almost as if people on it had just left seconds before. Um, beds were empty. There was like still imprints as if somebody just walked out of the bed. Um, there were still cigarettes lit in ashtrays. There was, like, it was literally like somebody had just left the room. Literally, like, within... Cigarettes only take a few minutes to burn. Yeah. So, the lifeboat was gone, but it looked like nobody... There was nobody on the ship. Just the shipping, the stuff that was, like, the products and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, nobody has ever heard anything from that ship. It's just been the ship. Mm Hmm. Um, so that was one story. <laughs> Ellen Austin, an American white oak schooner. Sorry, it's schooner. I feel like schooner? I should tell you that. How's it spelled? S-C-H. Yeah, it's schooner. Why? Why? Why do this? I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'll start over. I thought you were only going to say it one time. No. So I didn't correct you. No, I want you to correct me. I'll feel dumb, but I'll, and I'll hate you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to also feel like you're a snob. <laughs> Most of 
the words I've learned from reading, and that's how I read it. That's okay. Sure. That's okay. I wouldn't correct you IRL. <laughs> but you are. <laughs> I had to. I had to. Anyway. Anyways. <laughs> Ellen Austin, I'm going to start the whole thing over again. Ellen Austin, an American white oak schooner. Right? Schooner. 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 What the fuck? Schooner. <laughs> well, you went to a marine school, so it's fine. <laughs> Ellen Austin, an American, an American white oak schooner in 1881, being 210 feet long, was on its way to New York from London when it stumbled upon a derelict near the Bermuda Triangle. Everything seemed fine with the unidentified schooner drifting just north of the Sargasso Sea. Sargasso. Did I say that wrong too? No, I just said the name of it. Um, But the crew seemed to be missing. Captain Baker of the Ellen Ellen Austin asked to observe the derelict for two days in order to make sure it wasn't a trap. And after two days, with no response from the trip, the ship, um, the captain took over the abandoned boat with his crew to find it well packed with shipment and no sign of the crew anywhere. In order to tow it back with Ellen Austin, the captain placed a prize crew on the ship, set to sail, set to sail together. After two days of sail on calm waters, a storm separated the path of the two ships and vanished. The other one vanished. Hmm. Days after the storm, according to the stories, Captain Baker's lookout could spot the vessel through his spyglass, only to realize that the vessel was drifting far away, aimlessly, once again. After hours of effort, Ellen Austin could catch up to the vessel, but no one was on board. However, another version of the story suggests a second attempt by Baker to bring her back to land, but ended with the same fate before. As before, other reports suggest that the derelict was once more spotted, but this time with a different crew than the prize crew placed on it by Ellen Austin. So there's a lot of contradicting stories mm-hmm. in, in that second one. Yeah. Um, however, the first documented experience with the Bermuda Triangle did start with colonizer Christopher Columbus. Ah! who, while sailing through the area on his first voyage to the New World, he reported that a great flame of fire, maybe a meteor... Or a UFO. Crashed into the sea one night and that a strange light appeared in the distance a few weeks later. Uh, He also wrote about erratic compass readings, but it's speculated that at the time, a sliver of the Bermuda Triangle was one of the few places on Earth where true north and magnetic north lined up. So that could be the reason for his shitty compass. Because he's a shitty person. (laughs) Too bad he didn't go missing. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, the one that, like, really put it on the map was the USS Cyclops, or the AC-4. AC-4. The second of four Proteus-class colliers, built for the United States Navy several years before World War I. Uh, the collier was carrying a full load of Magnus ore over its 800-ton limit. And had an engine that wasn't working. So it was already set up for failure. It went missing without a trace with a crew of 309 believed, uh, 309 people. And it was believed after March 4th, 1918, um, that it went missing after leaving Barbados. Many believe it was a storm. 
Some believe the ship capsized and some think it was attacked by wartime enemies. If you're carrying that much weight over your limit, like, mm-hmm. probably you're gonna sink. sink. <laughs> yeah. So later on, two of the Cyclone's sister ships, Proteus and Nereus, were subsequently lost in the North Atlantic during World War II. Both ships were transporting heavy loads of metallic ore, similar to that which was loaded on the Cyclops during her fatal voyage. In all three cases, structural failure due to overloading with a much denser cargo than designed is considered most likely the cause of the sinking. Um, The incident resulted in the single largest loss of life in the history of the U.S. Navy not related to combat. Yeah. Um, So, like I said, that was the the incident that really uh, put the Bermuda Triangle in the eye of the public and kind of really brought people to start, like, coming up with all these fucking crazy theories. Yeah. (sighs) I took in a nice big whiff of sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah, I love that sex smell. (laughs) On December 5th, 1945, a training flight of five TBM Avenger torpedo bombers were going out over the Atlantic for a training exercise. The squadron's flight plane was scheduled to take them due east from Fort Lauderdale for 141 miles, north for 73 miles, and then back over 140 miles to complete the exercise training. Uh, 45 minutes after the last bomb was dropped, a radio conversation was heard between Marine Captain Edward Joseph Powers, who had just recently did training missions in the area, and an unidentified trainer asking if he was able to use his compass, to which he replied, I don't know where we are. We must have gotten lost after that last turn. Then they replied, this is FT-74, planar boat calling. Powers, please identify yourself so someone can help you. The response after a few moments was a request from the others in the flight for suggestions. Um, FT-74 tried again and a man identified as FT-28, which was United States Navy Lieutenant Charles Carroll Tyler Taylor, the flight leader was, uh, the flight leader came on. He said, FT-28, this is FT-74. What is your trouble? Both of my compasses are out, Taylor replied, and I'm trying to find Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I'm over land, but it's broken. I'm sure I'm in the Keys, but I don't know how far down, and I don't know how to get get to Fort Lauderdale. They were then asked that their craft was equipped with a standard YG transmitter to locate them, but no one replied. They tried giving orders, but he didn't really acknowledge any of them. And the last time he was heard from, um, which was later on in the day, he said, all planes close up tight. We'll have to ditch unless landfall. When the first plane drops below 10 gallons, we all go down together. Um, Like I said, it was later in the day, and this is the last thing ever heard from Taylor. Mm -hmm. Uh, The flight never returned back to the base. And the disappearance was investigated, and they believed the navigational error was the cause, was that the aircraft ran out of fuel. Mm-hmm. So they they land, they fell, whatever. Um, a search rescue team was deployed to a P- PBM mariner uh, with a thirteen crew met with thirteen men on the crew who also disappeared. So the search team disappeared as well. Fuck. A tanker off the coast of Florida said they saw an explosion occur, and according to sources, the marina had uh, had a history of explosions due to vapor leaks when heavily loaded with fuel. 
history of explosions. <laughs> As it might have been for a potentially long search and rescue operation. So, those are the stories that, like, everybody talks about. Mm -hmm. They're, like, the big stories of the Bermuda Triangle. Right. So, even with all the supernatural theories, most likely it was just science. A lot of the supernatural theories are that um, aliens, obviously. Obviously. Christopher Columbus said that he saw um, a light following the boat. I'm sure that was the seed for it. Uh Uh-huh. Another theory is that they are black holes in the ocean in that area so things can get just sucked in i thought those Uh, were only in space apparently they're also in our ocean okay um black holes or like just like holes in the earth that nobody can go down um there's also the theory that um it's atlantis (laughs) and one of the fun articles i read uh one dude's theory is that um it's Atlantis and when they need parts they take down ships and planes. <laughs> That's smart. <laughs> to just, you know, if they need like parts or equipment or like a big with a big magnet. Yeah. Um so yeah, a lot of the theories are supernatural, but I'm sure a good chunk of them are um science. <laughs> okay. Um pilots could have failed to in the travels account for the ag- agonic line. Which is the imaginary line around the Earth passing through both the North Pole and the North Magnetic Pole. And at any point on which a compass needle needs to point to true north, um, it only ex- it's only exists in this very small patch of the Earth. Mm-hmm. So um, they think it's located in the Bermuda Triangle. Mm-hmm. So that can mess up the, um, the compasses. Mm-hmm. So true north only exists within the small strip of Earth, so magnetic variations are normal, and most pilots, sailors, and computers with GPS know this and compensate compass bearings to adjust to the true north. So this causes navigation. This could have caused navigational problems back in the days mm-hmm. when they didn't know about that and weren't smart. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, some believe that the cause of the Bermuda Triangle is methane, a natural gas that is less dense than water. So if you happen to be sailing through a patch of ocean when a massive methane bubble rises from the deep, um, then yes, your boat could in fact sink. Ooh. So gas hydrate gas hydrates exist in deep high-pressure environments found in all the world's oceans, including parts of the Bermuda Triangle. But there is no record instances of such an incident specifically in the Bermuda Triangle. It could just be a theory there. So it's just not. Mm, Okay. It could happen, but there's no tracking of it. Right. (laughs) Um, Another theory is rogue waves, which seem to happen a lot without warning in the ocean. Mm -hmm. Um, And water spouts, where just thousand feet waves can just come out of the water and just take a ship. (laughs) Okay. With all that said, the maritime insurance leader Lloyds of London says they do not recognize the Bermuda Triangle as an especially hazardous place. Really? Neither does the U.S. Coast Guard, which says, In review of many aircrafts and vessel losses in the area over the years, there has been nothing discovered that would indicate that casualties were the result of anything other than, a physical, than physical causes. No extraordinary factors have ever been identified. That being said, mm-hmm. uh, I don't believe in the Bermuda Triangle. 
as a child, I was terrified. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's like quicksand. You're like, I know one day I'm going to be in this situation. Where... Well, because everyone said that, for at least for me, I felt like a lot of people said that that's where Amelia Earhart got lost. She got yeah. sucked into the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. And then we found out, like, a few years ago that she just, like, crashed on an island and then tried to call them for two weeks straight, and they were like, oh, it's almost like we can hear her. <laughs> and then she fucking died there. Exactly. Um, and that's what, a lot of it was science. I listened to a podcast called um, Stuff You Should Know. And, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, and they had a really good um, episode on the Bermuda Triangle, and it really is a lot of, uh, like your story, mass hysteria. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The same four stories keep getting repeated, and they're the only stories from the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there is a whole list on Wikipedia of things that happened, but a lot of it is just like, okay, that makes sense. Science. You ran out of fuel. You didn't yeah. account for time. You didn't do this. You yeah. didn't do that. Uh, but that was um, most of... That's my story. <laughs> it was fun. Um, but it was. It was a lot of... Uh, mass hysteria there isn't any like when you look at all the documents and stuff like that there isn't any uh like uptick in disappearances or deaths because of this one area the u.s coast guard was trying to be like it's the ocean like you cannot account for the ocean the whole ocean yeah um one guy was saying how um they're not accounting for like small ships going missing like luxury yachts and stuff like that they're just Mm -hmm. accounting for these ginormous fucking ships and planes going missing Mm -hmm. and they're like it's the ocean it can happen yeah you know what i mean but then you have people who are like they've lived through it oh yeah and they're like i went through a cloud that was following me it was a round cloud and when i got into it i was um disoriented and stuff like that and it's like i couldn't see through it yeah because it was a cloud (laughs) i lost track of time so, uh, but my watch stopped right at the moment I went in the cloud, and it's like, who the fuck is looking at their watch? Like, yeah. Going in this, this cloud. cloud. Ten o two. I got off the cloud, and it's still ten o two. So, I I didn't think of the Bermuda Triangle in a in a mysterious sense until I listened to that podcast, and I was like, oh, this is fucking dumb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the same four stories that I just repeated, just keep being repeated. Yeah. And people just feeding into it. Wow, we're basically Mythbusters now. I know. Mysteries aren't real, guys. Wrap it up. <laughs> so no longer will we be murder mystery mayhem. We'll just be murder mayhem. Murder mayhem. Which you know are our true passions. <laughs> I love to cause mayhem and Brianna loves to murder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's end this shit. Let's fucking this get out of here. Honky festival. <laughs> Anyways. Um... So thanks again for joining us on another lovely, beautiful week of mysteries and mayhem and murder and Matt Damon and such. Mm-hmm. So if you would like to see the accompanying photos, or if you need to reach us, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Gumshoe Weekly. On Facebook at Gumshoe Pod. And our email is Gumshoe Weekly at gmail.com. That's all, folks. Bye.